Good day and welcome to our podcast here on ExaSmart. Um, today we have the privilege of having um, a friend and colleague that I've known for about 15 years or so, if, if, that's, if, if that's correct. Um, it's Steve Saunders. Um, for those that don't know, Steve is a um, cycling enthusiast um, that was, has yeah, was <laughs> cycling, but doesn't cycle so much. Yeah. That has a background in in, in um, you know um, uh, the science behind cycling. Um, Been studied uh, physical education at at Wits University, um, and been around. Um, the sports science industry in South Africa for a number of years, mainly um, through uh, wearables and heart rate te- uh, technology. Um, is also a consultant for um, Discovery Vitality, Virgin Active, and um, you'll also see him at some of the cycling races, doing a bit of commentary at uh, at the ninety four point seven uh, yeah. FM cycling races. Yeah, exactly, Discovery nine four seven ride Joburg. Um, there's numerous events, but it's it's quite a. I must admit, Donovan. Firstly, it's good to see you again. Thanks for the visit, it's great to hear all the activities. I mean, you've been all over the world in the last couple of years and the uh, enthusiasm of which you deal with the sports science of people we have, if I can call it that. Mine's really more around the, the sports science of um, performance, evaluation of performance dynamics and that's what we go for. And my experience in the market around the hard track monitors and everything is I sort of like to term it as I, I look at how you can use technology as an intervention device within a performance program. So the performance program is there, how do you use that technology to get a change out of their performance. So whether it's a white bike or heart rate monitor, um, heart rate variability analysis, first beat, sunto, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. The principle is how do you apply the technology to get a change out, or how do you interpret the information coming off that technology to get a change in the program. Um, and you constantly, that's what you're looking for is improvements and opportunities um, with an individual. So they'll have a you'll have a plan in place for someone, whether it is in your case rehab or in my case uh, I'll be dealing more with the performance oriented side. And it can go anything from recreational weight loss all the way up to someone aiming at the Olympics. It doesn't really matter, the principles remain. And you gotta know what level they're at, what they're aiming for, what the trajectory is looking like, and then what are your markers you're looking for to confirm that you're on track or you're going off track one way or the other, whether you're overdoing it or underdoing it, and then how do you adapt that program accordingly? And this is, I think it's what makes a lot of the South African coaches really good, is they instinctively know how to interpret that information. A lot of them don't understand what they may be looking for as that number. So someone tracks it back, you go, why did you change it? They won't necessarily know. So that's where I think I have a slight advantage, but it does help working inside Sunto or the distributor for Sunto with the first speed guys and, and talking to people at that level who are dealing with teams at that level. I mean, the amount of information you can pull off these guys is absolutely incredible and they do share it. So a lot of our listeners are also, you know, the average, um, the weekend warrior or the recreation yeah. athlete as we would call them and, 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 and wearables and, and technology now, especially with the reward schemes and getting points is, is quite popular. You know, what would your advice be to them on, on how they can best use that technology to, to improve their general fitness levels or maybe to kind of gamify their, their fitness? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many options now. You spoke about gamifying um, fitness that's become a big aspect of cycling at the moment. 
But the basic principle is, without monitoring, you've got no way of understanding if you're getting an improvement or not. So whether it is the basics of understanding an RPE, a rate of perceived exertion against a time to complete your club ride or your five kilometer or your park run or something like that, um, to uh, the, the number of days of recovery required from doing those events. Um, if you monitor those, you can then start to look at whether you're improving or not. And it's always, there's two factors within fitness, which it sounds like it's getting complicated, but it actually is a very, very simple formula. It's the load and the recovery. It's how much you can handle and how long it takes you to recover from that session. And only when you're recovered are you adapted from the training. So when you talk about the beginning or the, the early adapters to programs and the beginner fitness type person, they are not too well adapted to their activity. So when they do the activity, the recovery requirement is quite large. Having said that, when you look at things like, I just mentioned parkrun, I find it a phenomenal thing that's grown. It's, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, we'd have 60,000 people on a Saturday running up or walking a five kilometer, and it would be run by volunteers on a no-cost basis, I would have told you smoking something. But it's grown up, and it's been because it's given people a reachable target to aim for, and they don't have to do a, um, they don't have to do a run. In fact, over 75% of those people that I see, and that's a number I pulled out of my, my head, but when I look at it, the majority of the people are walking that event. They may jog every now and then, but they're going as hard as they can. And it's about their own personal progress. So going back to your point, for them, they do the first one, and it's hard, it's tough, and they do it in 45 minutes. And they come back the next week, and they look at their clock, and they go, I'm gonna go faster than 45 minutes. So they're hitting that basic principle of, um, improvement that you're looking for over time and you know we've got all these complex terms in sports science and things that make people uh, their eyes gloss over basically but for us as scientists or um, exercise nerds we, we really love it for me when I explain to people I say there's three basic things you've got to try and build into a program there's um, consistency that's the first thing. I just need someone to do something on a consistent basis. I don't care whether you do 500 intervals or two intervals, just do something. But if you do 500, realize you're not gonna be able to do another exercise, so you're gonna collapse the consistency principle. Then there's progression. So you need to start pushing harder or looking for more out of your system. And then there's variation. So those three factors are what I look for out of a person. When you go back again to the beginning principles, how do I measure for consistency, progression, and variation. I need a wearable, I need a technology advisor, I need something that's gonna track heart rate, or track speed, or track distance, or track watts. If I can get any of those factors, I can then start to apply them to their uh, program and see whether they are actually improving over time or not. Great, so it's just not just more than just getting your 300 points. It's, no, uh, but that's very important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I chase my 300 points every day. I'm one of those people. And um, I'm one of those that actually, and you talk about the wellness world and what you know, we talk about here, it's vitality and specific. So Discovery Vitality is an incredible program when you look at what it's actually trying to achieve and how well it's done in driving people to attend gym or do exercise. It is absolutely incredible. It's driving me right now. I know I have to hit about 45 workouts where I'm going to get 200 points minimum. So how many days do I have left until the end of the year? I've got three months. If I don't train every second day, 
for that time period, I'm not going to make it. If I don't make it, I don't go to diamond status again. It affects my um, RA, it affects my um, life insurance policy, it affects my discount level on all my purchases. So it's, it's massive and it's driving my fitness, but it is all related to technology and behavior. So if, if you had to advise you know, some of our listeners, besides you know, getting your 10,000 steps or your, for your 300 points, what other variables should they be looking at on their wearable, whether it be a watch or a you know, Fitbit or whatever the case may be, so that they can, one, monitor, but two, also try to improve their performance? You know, any of the technology is, it's firstly, it's flipping impressive right now. And you look at the number of uh, wearables, just wrist-based heart rate pickup, which are phenomenal for getting people to stop to look at that parameter. But I do warn people to say, when you start exercising, the accuracy of the data you're getting from those devices is skewed horribly. I'll give an example. I go running, I'll get 20 to 40 beats per minute faster when I'm wearing wrist-based than if I wear a transmitter belt. Okay, transmitter belt to me is always going to be the better way to go because it's closest to heart that you can get for accuracy purposes. Maybe a little bit more uncomfortable, you may have to have that one extra bit of equipment, but you could get rid of the wrist device, keep your cell phone in your pouch and use a transmitter belt to transmit directly to your cell phone and still be able to integrate that data back. Um, the Apple Watch is an incredible program as well. Apple won phenomenally out of that program. I mean, they sold, I don't know how many, you just see every second person's now got an Apple Watch and every beginner into fitness, it seems to be their starting device. They quickly learn though the limitations of it. It is a basic device, the basic watch that mimics what your phone does um, and it can pick up heart rate and, and things like that, but it's not an integrated fitness device. The proper fitness devices will be a little bit more expensive, but, you can get so much more out of it. So my advice to most people is if they're going to invest, look to invest in a device that can take them into multiple areas of engagement. So whether they decide swimming or triathlon or running or cycling or hiking or adventure, it doesn't matter. Those devices at the middle to top end across Polo, Garmin, Sunto, all of them all deliver the same basic principle. So they've got to look at that technology. Great. So I'm not sure, you know, uh, we've seen um, on TV lately with the Rugby World Cup on a, a lot of the teams have been using um, this, this bike on the side of the fields, yes, uh, yes, you know, yes. called the, the Watt Bike. Yes. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I probably know you, I've termed you as Mr. Watt Bike in South Africa. Um, so maybe you can, you can tell us a little bit of, of you, know, you know, for our listeners out there that might not know, I and mean, we see it also in the Virgin Actives as well. Um, what is a Watt Bike, you know, what is, what is the basic use of it? Um, and um, you know how they can best get you know um, the usage out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So what bikes a phenomenal piece of equipment? I, I, there isn't a better piece of equipment that I know in the market for its price point. It's impossible. And in fact, most people come to me and go, "Wow, that what bike's expensive." I say to them that the competitor to a what bike that does everything a what bike does is about three hundred and fifty thousand, as opposed to the seventy thousand rand that we have the bike retailing for. The application of this bike is phenomenal and it's such a simplistic mechanism if I can say that and I say that with all due respect to those who design it. The best designs are always simple designs and it's a strain gauge that picks up sampling rates of once, once 100 samples per second 
So every second there's 100 samples of power output going through and we know where your left and your right leg go through. With that we're enabled to look at the power curve so we can look at flow graphing. That shows me what your left leg's doing, what your right leg's doing. So if I ask you to move your big toe up or down, that graph is going to change while you're pedaling. Rehab, pedaling dynamics, pedaling efficiency, um, looking at being able to get power down quickly or sustain power output. There isn't another device on the market that can do that. On top of that, it's a commercial grade piece of equipment. So I can put it into a Virgin Active and oh, we have our great experiences there. But where the managers are engaged, where the staff are cleaning it, where the guys are using it, understand what they're doing, those things are, they're incredible. We never have enough of them for the market currently. And then the extension, like you mentioned, the spring box currently. I don't know if you know, but with the Rugby World Cup in Japan, the organizing committee bought, I think the number is 168 wow. watt bikes to put in all the training facilities. So every single rugby team competing at, that, um, at the World Champs, at the Rugby World Cup, is a watt bike using environment. And they don't use it just because that's a watt bike, they use it because they need it. So the videos we've seen from Aled, is the coach for the yes. Springboks, are phenomenal. It's him doing what he does with his players. I've got no input on that. I can't, I can't force their engagement with the mics, but they do ask us to support them with the mics wherever they go. So off they go to Bloemfontein, PE, Cape Town, Durban, Japan, it doesn't matter. They're going, are there what bikes here? Can we, we need the what bikes? And they do it twofold, threefold actually. Warm up and cool down routines. Um, hit intervals, it's just incredible. There isn't a person alive who can outdo the power capabilities of a watt bike. Doesn't matter how strong you are, you cannot out sprint a watt bike. Okay, so for our players who need to be able to do maximal effort sprints, and these are 110 kilo muscle bulk yeah. power houses, we can just smash out those repeatedly. And you saw the video of Ali yeah. hammering them out on the beast and everyone else literally breaks in there but the benefit is no impact so all the muscular loading all the coordination loading all the cardiovascular loading none of the impact and that's why they do it they try and eliminate all that impact of trying to um, do that type of cardiovascular muscular and neuromuscular loading without impacting the joints no risk for injury um, and the, the third one is rehab, which you know the rehab well, that, function. That brings me to my next question. You know, as a biokineticist, obviously we know that you know biokineticists use it for the discovery vitality assessments. But if I've got a watt bike in my practice, besides the yeah. vitality assessment, how best can I use that watt bike in my in my practice? So the starting point for, and I'm going to say this for the majority of the biokineticists, is that they're an incredibly talented group of people who charge very, very little and don't view themselves as being as important as they are on the market. Quite a few of them fall into the trap of becoming glorified personal trainers. And I say glorified, they don't even charge the level they should be charging for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's personal trainers there who are literally charging thousands per hour. And the biokineticist is the person who's medically trained to understand what the limits are such that they won't cause injury. So they're always a little bit earlier on the side of caution. Um, but within their market, rehab is probably the first contact point they get. And the rehab of individuals, final phase muscle rehab, um, recovery from injury, references from uh, surgeons, like people need to come back and get fit again. 
What better way can you do it than being able to monitor the muscular loading of an individual with a cardiovascular output that's going on in real time with 100 samples per second being available to that individual with no impact. It's, it's just a brilliant tool. And the polar view that's on there is going to tell you straight away whether that activation is occurring or not. Yeah. The progression point we were talking about earlier, you can yeah. see as well, how do they hold that, that polar view? Is it pinching in the middle, in which case they're just pedaling up and down, and it's probably just the a The famous peanut. Yeah. yeah, so the figure of eight would be you just pushing down. Mm -hmm. So you've got all quads and glutes occurring, and quite often no glutes, just quads. They get that downstroke, but then they've got none of the the coordination to get the transfer top and bottom and the return of the pedal stroke. If you start to get the return of the pedal stroke, it opens that graph up so that eight starts to open up into more of a peanut shape. And what you're aiming for is, and you get this on the app, they call it a pedaling effectiveness score. It occurs in real time on the app and it gives it to you as a percentage. Now full circle would be 100 and where it meets in the middle as a figure of eight would be 50. We're looking for halfway between at 75. So you get that scoring immediately per session. Now you can play with the person because they can see in their brain, they can see on that screen with their current pedal stroke what that graph looks like. If you say to them, pick your big toe up, push it against the top of your shoe while you're pedaling, that graph's gonna change. If that creates a change you're looking for, then carry on pushing it. If it doesn't, find another point that's gonna resonate with that individual to effect the change out of them. But the opportunity for the engagement, the interventions, and the improvement is, it's, it's almost yeah, endless. Yeah. So when you, your question back, how did Myers use it for more than they're using it for currently? Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about the basics of rehab. How many Myers see people on a daily basis for rehab? Massive numbers, majority yeah. of the client base. And they have this piece of equipment that the only thing they do is a fitness assessment on. Yet they should be saying, great, that this equipment can be used on a daily basis for the intervention. And then they can even send that person out as part of their rehab process with the app and link that data back such that it's coming back to the buyer um, for the ongoing monitoring. And that's what we should be looking at, is how do we engage those customers that we start to look at how we improve them over time, not just in the time they're consulting with you, but over time. Yes. So it's not just a one-stop sh uh, uh, shop, it's, it's, it's feedback and continuous consulting with them to give them... And then you apply that, uh, the, the nth degree is to take it all the way to world sport level mm -hmm. and you look at the Springboks needing the bikes. Yeah. How many bios have access to these athletes and should be looking at those intervention programs yes. that they're applying there? And saying, well, hang on, I have, a, I have an opportunity not only to do rehab, I now have an opportunity to high performance aspect. Yes. So now I go to all the private schools or the good government schools who have good sports programs and say, let's get your athletes through a program that gets their high performance capabilities up with no risk. So let's pull them in and we're going to run hit interval groups for you guys. Um, we're going to rotate them through, it's going to be a 10 week long program. This is the amount of money I'll be able to run that program for you. And the problem is that people think, well, the piece of equipment's available at the Virgin Active. No one knows what they're doing with that piece of equipment. Yeah, it requires yeah. the person... It still has, needs that human touch to... to needs to the instructor. Yeah. And then, so the bio presents the perfect instructor. Well, there you go, bio. Steve has just given you a business plan for your what bike. Um, so uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. So, um, and of late, I see that you've also, um, you know, launched a new company called yes. uh, Performance Through Science. Um, maybe if you can tell our listeners a little bit about that and what's your vision behind that. So it's quite an interesting one. It's been, I think, what we've been doing all along, what I've been doing, what we 
ultimately do in the market is I've had the opportunity through a partnership with um, my business partner to pull off a couple of dreams. We look at the service orientation offering of high performance sport, um, general wellness and everything else and the equipment supply side. So having a Wi-Fi distribution and then a coaching business. And the combination of those two and all the intervention opportunities are what we're building up into the business. So performance through science is about taking scientific data of some sort, whether it's what, whether it's aerodynamic efficiency, whether it's pedaling dynamics, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What have we got that we can measure, that we can apply back and put in as an intervention on a program to get improvement for that individual. So we look at it from uh, personalized shoes, to personalized kit to aerodynamics. Uh, we've got the Bioracer motion and aero systems, an amazing system. 20 points on the person. Uh, we then do a loaded effort um, monitoring scan. So we look at what that biomechanical movement looks like in the knee, in the hips, how the center of gravity sits, what the elbows do. And when we finish with the performance aspect of that individual, and by the way, on this assessment, we use a bio to assess the person functional movement before we even bring them onto a bike. Because if that person's not working, we can't do anything with a bicycle. Yeah. Um, and then we went down that, we then start looking at the aerodynamical functionality of that individual. So how aerodynamic can they be? And what are the limitations around that? Normally it's something like range of motion or core engagement, because they can't support the position. If they can't support it, they're gonna fall out of that position and they're going to have discomfort while engaging Great. So for all the cycling enthusiasts, if you need any um, scientific help or just basic setup on your bike, you can contact um, Steve at um, Performance Through Science. Yeah, so it's PT, was it PTS.com? No, so it's Steve at PTSCoach.com or Steve at PerformanceThroughScience.com. And we've got, we've got a whole group of, or network of coaches we work with. We, we are, by the way, I didn't even mention this, we're endorsed by Cycling Australia. Excellent. And um, we work with them internationally. We, we host a international level one and two coaches certification once a year in South Africa. And then we deliver the level one coaching ourselves for them um, as and when needed. Pretty much anywhere in the world we have an opportunity to do that. But we find them a phenomenal organization to work with because they're very much around the sphere of understanding application of technology in the pursuit of performance and that's what we are performance is science about the technology in the market how do you use it how do you get a performance change out of the individual so yeah it's you can hear the passion i enjoy what i do i enjoy the people i work with there's challenges in every business cash flow issues every yeah. now and then and whatever else rent and where the south african economy and market and politics are going yeah. but at the end of the day we're all just passionate sports people looking to get a performance change out of all our mates. Excellent. So um, you'll be able to catch Steve on some of our other platforms um, as we go along. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you, Steve, for your time. Um, nice to see you. Yeah, and uh, we will um, be updating some of our um, blogs on our website. So um, um, keep a lookout for that. And um, thank you.